0: So I've gone back to school. First day of school was um, October. It's
1: Changed a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. So
0: day. I've. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I was excited and nervous. I um, started a started a um, online MA through Saint Stephen's House, Oxford. The degree is validated by the University of Durham. I say that. Because I don't understand what that means. Yeah, it just means that. Did you
1: get an Oxford sweatshirt. Uh,
0: I have a T-shirt, but <laughs> so I am studying um, through the faculty at Saint Stephen's House, Oxford. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but the degree comes from Durham. Durham. So <clears throat> I'll never be in Durham. I'll never go to Durham. Everything is happening have in you Oxford. Ever been in Durham. I've never been to Durham. Beautiful cathedral. I'd like yeah. to go to a beautiful Norman cathedral, but. The um, so Saint Stephen's House is the Anglo-Catholic seminary Mm and, or the 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 main one in the Church of England, and I've long been an admirer of of the priests they produce, and I know the principal or the the dean as we as we would call call him um, Canon Robin Ward. He was an instructor of mine at Neshota House. When I did my D-Men, I finished that in 2015. Started in 2009, and took my time and finished in 2015. One of the great things that Neshoda did was bring over visiting instructors yeah. in the summertime, well, and Robin Ward was one of them. And just brilliant. I imagine
1: that's an easy sell. Come enjoy Wisconsin
0: cooler temperatures. It's in the great. Summer. Yeah. No, and and I really really enjoyed it. And I've um, you know the thing about continuing ed for 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 clergy <clears throat> is that normally. We have to have a master's of divinity to be ordained. The canons don't say that. That's the normative easiest way. That's neither here nor there. But um, but typically, that's all you need. And Mm. anything beyond that is for your own edification. So whatever degree or certificate we may get after ordination Mm. doesn't help with advancement (coughs) or pay. That's not why we do it. Um, I guess if you want to create a resume and you're looking to go somewhere yeah, that helps, but, might, but. but I'm going to retire here, so it's all for my edification. So my D-men was um, a D-men is a professional doctorate, not a research doctorate, um, you know, not a real doctorate, as yeah. <laughs> Some people might say, you know, "Go around calling yourself a doctor." It, it, some people do. I don't. I mean, it's real. I mean, I'm proud of it. It's a real doctorate. Yeah. It's it's a an accredited degree by um, the, uh, the theological association accreditation thing, and yeah. it's legit. But yeah. I, it, the AD is a reflection on the practice of ministry yeah. and not original research. That's the difference. Gotcha. There's a lot of work and I'm proud of it, but it was, um, you can teach in seminaries and, in and, and universities, I think on matters that pertain to the practical exercise of ministry, okay. but not necessarily on the theoretical, um, okay. side of it. Yeah. I think there's a rule on that. Um, but, uh, so at any rate, this, this opportunity came up at St. Stephen's house, they have evolved during covid because we all went online, yeah. we're all doing podcasts and things, and they discovered you can, you can offer this online. And so I applied, and I'm the only American in this program. Mm-hmm. And I do uh, one day a week, and Robin Ward again is my instructor for both of my classes. And it's been it's been a, it's been really interesting, um, a lot of fun. We'll talk about it. It's been the, the, for me though the benefit has been. That I'm reading an awful lot. Yeah. I have to read like if you're if you're watching online, these were these are the books I read for five classes, five weeks, um, and some of these every every bit was read. Others yeah. uh, chapters or significant portions. But I haven't read much since COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, i was just so kind of in the dumps over yeah. all this stuff, and would come home and and just wanted to not think about. I didn't want to think at all and right. sort of scroll through social media or watch TV or do nothing. And so the um, the intellectual curiosity was dormant for yeah. a good two and a half years. So this has stimulated that, which has been good. There is also a, a certainly a, the most important thing is a, a application and benefit to the parish. Yeah. I know my past two <clears throat> sermons have been directly as the result of my reading in this class. Um, but it's been really interesting. So we'll... we'll we'll say our prayer and then we'll talk a little bit yeah. about um the classes you're taking. The classes and, and, <clears throat> and mainly the, the what I'm interested in sharing is some yeah. of the things that we're talking about and why that might be interesting and um the application it may have in the parish and and mm-hmm. stimulate other people's intellectual curiosity. Yeah. Let's open in,
1: in prayer with the colleague from this past Sunday. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service, grant we beseech thee that we may run without stumbling to obtain thy heavenly promises, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
0: Amen. Amen. So what are your two classes? Two classes I'm taking this year, I I mean honestly, I don't fully understand how this works on this system, I'm still learning. Um, the only thing that, the, th- the two things that make me nervous about this whole process are the fact that it's an English system, mm-hmm. and I'm obviously used to an Americanized yeah. form of education. Meaning that, for the most part, in all of my educational experiences, it's been, um, you know, the, the professor comes in, gives a lecture, there may be a textbook, but it's much more kind of one way. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite. This is um, all primary source reading, which I love, and it's all Mm seminar-based, where it's just you read the text and you all discuss it together. Now, the instructor is there who's guiding and certainly has a deeper deeper reservoir of knowledge of the topic— But the expectation is everyone's coming with some insight into this. And so that's really fun. But I don't know how to... You know, the thing about school and one of the things that is exciting about school is you begin to... Learn, or you know what you is is expected of you. Mm-hmm. You know what you have to do, and then at the end there is, um, there is a reward. There is yeah. a great completion, and then I think what's important for us as as clergy, and you know I've talked about this about you know your own you know, education in in the future is um you know it's it's nice to have that break from an unended unending yeah. cycle of of sundays and 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 not knowing everything changes mm-hmm. expectations attitudes what people want from us but to have that break to go into an education setting here's the syllabus here's when it's due here's what i'm wanting from you here's how you can achieve that yep. and you kind of know how to how to give the professor what he or right. she's looking for, or whatever. I don't know what the English system is going to be like. You know, is it different from what they're looking for in writing? I don't know. Do I have to on um, my Microsoft Word click it to um, British English? Yeah, that's right. You know, I don't know. I don't know. These, these are these are things. So your color doesn't have a U in it. That's exactly. A point I don't know. So yeah. I, I'm anxious about that, and then I don't. And then the whole the whole rhythm of of of, of the year is different. I mean, this is a bit unique in that it's it's a part time MA. Mm-hmm. I think I think ordinarily you could do it one year full time. It's over three years, and there are three terms: Michaelmas term, Hillary term, and Trinity term, all corresponding to yeah. church and that's to the church year. And that's not a um, that's not because this is a seminary. This is yeah, Oxford. That's English. is how yep. Oxford yep. does it. Um, but I I mean it's it's everything's just a, just a bit different. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I don't know. I mean, I got one paper due next September. A whole year of reading, yep. and then one paper. So it's all on that. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's different. And the other thing is is interesting is that most of the people. So it's a very small class. So I'm taking moral theology, and um, I think it's like issues in Christian worship or something. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the exact title. And there are three three individuals in the class with the professor, and I'm on Zoom. And, um, um, and and in both of the classes, I'm on Zoom with someone else. So mm-hmm. there's two of us on Zoom and three people in the classroom. And now we can see them, and we are on a massive wall. So <laughs> we're, you. we're larger than life. But it's you know the only downside is is that we really are voyeurs in yeah. this and we have to kind of interrupt their community to, the to participate flow. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's that's the only the only downside to it um but more so the one that i'm actually most in, so i love liturgy love worship mm-hmm. the d-men i had is in is in liturgy um and so that's exciting and yeah. that's fun and so far it's been um A reading of sort of the development of liturgy from the patristic period Mm -hmm. until early 20th century. So, um, the readings come from Cyril of Jerusalem, which Mm -hmm. I preached on um, several weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a medieval wonderful image of being cooked. Yeah, being cooked by the oil. Yeah, loved it. Um, There was. um, I have to remind myself um, a couple of um, medieval sources of, of liturgical development. Uh, and then, um, and then this past time that we talked about some 20th century development, both in the Roman Catholic tradition and in the Anglican communion, really, really interesting to see how liturgy develop, develops, what the issues are, and what what the and, and how there's a consistent thread as to what the purpose of the liturgy is and mm-hmm. what it's supposed to do. That's been interesting. But the the thing that I'm most intrigued uh, to go deeper into is something that I don't have a lot of training in. I mean, liturgy, yeah, I've, I've, I love it. That's my <clears throat> That's my um, interest, is moral theology, though, is where is where I don't have a lot of mm-hmm. training. I took one class, I think you and I talked about this several podcasts ago. I took one class in seminary 20-something years ago yeah. on um, ethics. And the only thing I remember, and I, th- I think you know, the, the, the instructor was United Church of Christ. That's okay. the first time yeah. I ever met a UCC person. Was a sheltered person <laughs> growing. Up. I didn't. I didn't have a lot of experience of the traditions growing up, and it was basically all situational ethics. Situational ethics is basically how I think most people make think moral this, decisions yeah. today, and that is what is the least amount of harm in any given situation. In this yep. situation, with these particular set of circumstances, what will do the least amount of harm? And that became really popular. I think that's yeah, um, very personal because yes. people think.
1: Yesterday, when I was in this situation, yeah. what should I have done? Correct. Um,
0: Joseph Fletcher is sort of the father of situational right. ethics. I think he wrote a book in the fifties, okay. and so that means that everyone of, of you know post war, war two in America probably yeah. had a moral theology training that was bent toward situational ethics. What do I do in this moment? Yep. And the, the only thing I remember from that class in two thousand one <laughs> or two thousand two is um, I think someone asked, or one of the scenarios was, if someone is having an affair in a marriage, do they tell their spouse? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're sorry and they repent. And I think that the um, instructor said, no, because um, that would cause more harm. Right. Um, and this is situational. I situational. Yeah, and, is- um, and I think that um, while everyone, I think, intuitively wants to do the greatest, greatest amount of good and mm-hmm. the least amount of harm in any given situation, that can be very subjective is, without, yeah. without, um, right. without a standard or an objective goal as to what is the moral mm-hmm. life. And then we can really rationalize Any decision in any given situation, and that's the danger of it. So situational ethics is not a good way to do to make decisions about Mm -hmm. what is right and wrong, because we can we you can always add another variable to get the outcome that is most convenient and comfortable for you, which may not be the you know the moral Mm -hmm. choice. And
1: that's it's not even how we teach kids. Um, You know, we teach them always tell the truth no matter what. You know, once you're, you know, you, you never tell your kid. Well, only tell me the truth if it's yep. if it's not going to hurt my feelings. No, yep. you tell tell me the truth. Um, but when we get older, we always try to rationalize our our decisions. So I'm
0: really, so I'm really interested in this. And I was, I was,
1: so, yeah, real quick. What would be the the other, you know, maybe a, another frame of ethics um, that is not situational based?
0: So the, the 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 focus. What what I've been reading is. Um, virtue ethics. And that's Aristotle. Aristotle, Aquinas. Aquinas, uh, So the point of it basically says this, is that, and Aristotle said this in his um, book on ethics, is that everything we do is intended for a good. No one really does anything that's not meant for their good. The problem is we, we... are sometimes wrong about what is good but we're trying to do what is good um and um and sometimes that's selfish yeah it's good for me yes and and that's when it's not formed properly yeah yeah um aquinas thomas aquinas built thought aristotle was useful in explaining things Mm -hmm. so it's not that aquinas took aristotle's philosophy and then just put jesus into it He started with Jesus, but then realized here's this already pre-existing categories. Yeah, here's a yeah. pre-existing philosophy that is accessible, mm-hmm. that is helpful to explain things. Yeah, um, you know, like today on on our reel, I, I talked about sort of spiritual healing through through my
1: cut Wound. finger. Yeah. You,
0: you use whatever currency you have to explain
1: things. I so, came into the office uh, yesterday, and there was just mass chaos because you were trying to find a band aid and it was stuck, and you were. You know, trying to peel it off. I lost and, my
0: finger. Yeah. It hurt. Oh my god! I like, I like, anyway, bad. Like, like um, so Aquinas uh, took took Aristotle and and really helped communicate the fact that what is our good is to rest in God, right. or the beatific vision, or to see God, heaven. And so everything that we do um, is to it should be moving us toward mm-hmm. that end. That's. The ethical thing to do would yes. be moving us toward that end. That's what we're made for. And so all of our decisions either move us in that direction or move us away. So a virtue is a disposition to to do the good or yeah. to move toward the good. Mm-hmm. And a vice is the opposite. It has the same psychological power, but it can move us away. Yeah. And, and there are cardinal virtues, uh, fortitude, temperance, justice, uh, and prudence. These are acquired virtues mm-hmm. that anyone can sort of pick up and 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 and, and develop. Yep. The idea is, it's like learning a language or or practicing basketball. Mm-hmm. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. That's the acquired virtue. Um, is what that means. So the more you practice it at prudence, Mm -hmm. the better you get at it. The more you practice at temperance, think about um, not drinking or dieting or or pushing back. It doesn't happen automatically, you have to work at Mm -hmm. it, and then you actually get where you can do it without thinking, it becomes more automatic. Then there are infused or theological virtues, Mm -hmm. this happens in baptism, faith, hope, and love. Given to us. And they're called theological virtues because the origin and the end of those virtues is God. Yeah. The end of faith is God, the end of hope is God, the end of love is God. Whereas for the cardinal virtues, the end is not necessarily God. Yeah, And you can be not a Christian but be temperate. Yep. But,
1: Correct. But to recognize that faith, hope, and love are actually Christian sources from God, they are given to us, we receive them.
0: So the radical shift between situational ethics and virtue ethics, um, or even, again, to uh, another category of situational ethics would be, as we were talking about yesterday, is uh, casuistry, is mm-hmm. how do you determine what is best in any given situation, is that um, those situational ethics and casuistry and other kinds of moral... Um, Understandings of or understandings of moral theology often reduce the moral life down to do this, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Here's your list of good things. Here's your list of bad things. And unfortunately, in in the church, that's how the moral life is presented, mm-hmm. which is why people who have found themselves on the wrong side of the ledger mm-hmm. often feel like, well, there's no hope for me. So the 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 more appropriate way is to focus on my end and then to and to focus on what are the things that move me toward that end. And that, that sort of frees us from having to memorize what do I do in any given situation. Right. Rather we focus on 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 on, on the beatific vision. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that there are things that that doesn't mean anything goes. Yeah. It just means that our our orientation is fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. We're focusing on, on the on the ultimate end to right. help us understand what to do, and Along not always. Way. So we th- we focus on the end, and the end influences the means, as opposed to always focusing on the means, yeah. and hoping it the will goal get is to become, become a
1: virtuous person by, by nature, by habit. Yep. So you're not having to stop and think every situation. What do I do? Yeah, it, it becomes natural that's, that's the point it
0: becomes instinctive mm-hmm. because you've been either you are feeding what has been given to you and the in the um, um, infused or theological virtues or you practice them uh, on the on the cardinal virtues what what I'm probably going to write on um, is what does what is the process when? And so, for instance, we're in a political cycle. Mm-hmm. Election day was yesterday. A major election is going to be next November. I know. No one, no one. T- well, for the most part, no one's really thrilled with the choices. I, I, mean, I, I don't think that's too controversial. I think that's a Even fair statement. Poll statistics: people aren't thrilled. So, so most people say when they go to the to the ballot box. I ch- had to choose the lesser of two yeah, evils. People said that for the last several elections. Well, this I want to I want to kind of explore that. What is the moral choice when you have uh, when you have two undesirable outcomes? Do you and so really to get down to it, do I sacrifice my integrity for what I think is the greater good, mm-hmm. uh, or do I hold to my integrity even though my one vote theoretically? Could change the outcome for the whole. Right. What do you do? What is the moral choice in yeah. that? And That's that good. I think is an interesting, interesting. Um, and there's approach.
1: Probably three different answers. You know, throughout the the church history. I mean, you have. Is it Tertul- Tertullian who says? Christian shouldn't participate politically, um, and so you know his answer might be don't, don't vote. Yeah. And then you have others who say, no, you absolutely should, and you should be choosing the lesser of the two evil to try to spur people on toward justice. I mean, you know, I'm sure people have opinions on this, but I think I, all of us can
0: realize there's a lot of gray area there. It's a lot of tricky situations, yeah. and I would like to universalize that 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 one particular instance yeah. of of a, of a political participation, mm-hmm. but also, I mean, we're always faced with Correct. choices that. Are undesirable and, yep. and the complexities that come with that, mm-hmm. but you have to make a choice. At least that's what we've been told. We have mm-hmm. to. Is there a third option? Um, and I don't have. a uh, I don't know. I, yeah. mean, I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm not familiar with the literature and the tradition mm-hmm. enough to make a an informed statement on that. But like on politics, yeah, I mean, you could either vote for what you think is the lesser of the two. You could choose not to participate, Mm -hmm. which is a choice, or you can do what, frankly, I've done the past two presidential elections, is write my own candidate Mm in, Um, which is, for me, I still participated. Mm -hmm. I knew that my candidate had no chance of winning, but I slept soundly at night thinking I voted for... Truly, who I thought yeah. was the best person.
1: Yeah. I always, um, I always laugh when the you know political question comes up, and and you've you know your response to vote third party or or some write-in um, doesn't quite fit in this, but it, it's just the trolley situation all over again um it's you know if you've ever taken an ethics class people bring up the trolley question
0: is this if it goes off the cliff who do you eat or well, the, who, the, who, who, who dies there's variations
1: yeah. but there's a the train it's going to hit five people yeah. and then there's a sidetrack and it's, there's two people and you have the lever do you pull the lever and you know your gut reaction might be, well, of course. And then you think, well, then you're responsible somehow for killing those two people. Whereas can you wipe your hands clean and say, well, I don't want to participate. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to kill those five people. And, you know, it's a big ethical question about responsibility. And um, But um, a, a good, you know, response always is it, it's you're, it's a coerced choice. And it's hard to make ethical, broad-scale decisions when it's coerced. Um, and so the question becomes, you know, is political participation coercive? I mean, do we, do we have to do it as Christians, or is this voluntary, or do you have an obligation? Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of baggage that comes with that. Um, so
0: what's really interesting in this, and in, in a lot of the reading um, in uh, Thomistic moral theology has to do, and this will also happen um, in next, uh, next term, we're doing mm-hmm. Eastern Orthodox uh, moral theology, okay. they both have freedom at the center of it. And so the point being is that you are, um, you are truly, fr- this is this, you have to really think this through. You're only truly free when you're able to make a choice that, um, is in accordance with what is good for you. There you go. Yeah. Now that sounds like you're not really free mm-hmm. if you're having to choose what is good for you but it's only when you're aligned with what is good yeah. that you are truly free and to and to go back to your example that choice is not a free choice yeah exactly because you you're having you, this being forced upon right. you. Um, and so any time that that you're having and, and there's um i have to go back and look but there's there's categories of these kinds of uh of choices where you know either um you're having to do something under duress yep yeah. is that freedom?
1: Well, no, it's not, and, and you can't reason ethical decisions from that situation because
0: yeah, it's, it's it's, you know, it's <laughs> slavery. And so the kind of the in, in, this is having a bit of a resurgence, and 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 in the church lately is the recovery of this idea. And there's a there's a um, um, theologian named Servais Pinkers who coined this phrase: "You either have the freedom of indifference." Mm-hmm. Which is which is how most of us understand freedom, which yeah. means I can just do whatever I want right. to, or you have the freedom um, for excellence, yeah. which means that I am choosing um, what is my good. Choosing what is my good may not may not may sacrifice other choices, mm-hmm. but the end result is I am now freer to do more. I am more. Yeah. And he, that's. He, that's Perfectly scriptural. That's, that's that's Paul. Oh, completely. I mean, that is Absolutely. Paul saying all of this
1: is scriptural. Y- you choose whatever you want to do. You're actually a slave to your desires.
0: It's only when Correct. you submit to Christ that you find true freedom. You know. And the easy, easy, and all kinds of easy examples. But, but you can. You, freedom of indifference is I, I can eat whatever I want to. Correct. I mean, have at it. You can have donuts every meal of the day for years. Sure, you can. But then when you do that. You're more limited in what you mm-hmm. can do as a human being, yeah. because you you can't move. You're sedentary. Yeah. Your health is is poor. But if you choose to submit to a rule of exercise and diet and healthy lifestyle, you may sacrifice the you know the availability of, of these these dietary yeah. choices. But the result is you live you longer. You can do more. You have more freedom.
1: Uh, the piano player is also a great Correct. example it of is. this. You know, you, you put a piano in front of a child and say, "Play whatever you want." Yep. Absolute freedom. And he just mashes the keys and nothing happens. And you submit him to a rule for 15 years and teach him the classics and piano theory and music theory, and then you put a piano down and say, play whatever you want. He has much more freedom to actually create something.
0: And the third one would be um, is if um, to learn a language.
1: Yeah, yeah, similar thing. You can so babble it, all you want. Yeah,
0: you can you can, you can, can choose, I'm not learning a language, but yeah. then when you go to a foreign country, can you're, limited. You, you're limited, the person who's fluent has a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to take that into the moral life and to say, that, and this goes back to the idea, I want to um, align myself with what is my good, mm-hmm. and you have to know what that is, then you're truly free mean um, that's a different kind of freedom that frankly we see um promoted in the world is is, is what you see freedom in the world is freedom of indifference. Of indifference you yeah. Do whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. And slaved your desires, basically. And, and we see what that's done for us. Like mm-hmm. and again we were talking before right before we hit record, saw um and I'm sorry if this is controversial, I don't know why it would be, but there's a candidate for it's not controversial, um
1: if you hold to traditional Christian yeah, teachings, it should
0: not be. But we live in a world now that I'm actually thinking: should I say this? Because I don't, whatever. But there's a there's a candidate for governor of North Carolina who who said on the ad this morning that he wants to take drug dealers and put them in jail or in the ground, mm-hmm. and he supports the death penalty for mm-hmm. drug dealers. No one is not for drug dealers. Politician. No one is for that. No one. No one wants you know our children More drug dealers. And yeah, nobody wants that, and we should be. Tough on crime and 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 eradicate this, but the death penalty is a whole different yeah. category. And that is just that is so not acceptable. Flies in the face of, in a moral framework yeah. that is Christian. I'm yeah. sorry, it's not. I don't know how you justify. And you're not.
1: It. You're not even standing on your own now. I mean, virtually every
0: major Christian denomination. Yeah. agrees with that. Yeah, you there. and so, but that's the morality that we're appealing to—to mm-hmm. to the anger and all of this—and yeah. and and it's a dangerous thing because I, I've never heard of this individual until today. Yeah. he might. He might win. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna follow through on that promise as yeah. we were talking yeah. about. But stump speech. But, but he he might. I don't know. But also, know. It, it does no good to hear that. No, I mean, it's awful. To Not hear. when you're having your coffee first thing in the morning, and this is the day the Lord hath yeah. made, and I'm gonna either put him in jail or put him in the ground. You know? Oh my gosh! Very unchristian. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think that that um, as much as I love liturgy, and liturgy is 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 is, is um, central to my understanding of, of being a Christian and, and priesthood I'm really, in, really interested in, in moral theology
1: I'm, I'm interested in um, you, you learn about these theories of morality and ethics and you know not everyone's going to take a class in St. Stephen's house and and understand this but I do think that we all probably need more education in this and, and I could be wrong yeah, here Absolutely. But, but I think most people do not even think twice about the decisions they make. I think every once in a while this decision comes up and it makes people all of a sudden think, gosh, what's the right thing to do here? But I think most people in their day-to-day life, they just act on instinct. Yeah. For most of us, I mean, choosing to do this or that is the same as choosing what we want to eat. What sounds better? That one, fine. You don't think twice about it until you know it gives you a stomach ache and then you reevaluate. But I think it would do good for a lot of people to sit with, you know, ethical frameworks um, that have been debated for a long time and, and realize, you know, I think, you know, people, might hear you say that's an unchristian response and think sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, but there, there's a reason why the church has stood against that. And it's because they have developed these ethical, you know, theories that, that stem from Jesus Christ, stem from the scripture, um, that you know command us to fall into them.
0: Um, yeah, and to be to be anti-death penalty is not to be pro-crime. That's right. I yeah, mean, just, yeah. Just, just Don't be ridiculous. And I think that. But sometimes
1: your... it takes a you know submission to you know intellectual pursuit and theory to realize. Oh, interesting. I've yeah. always thought, or I've always done this. Just I, that's what I've always done, and now that I take a step back and realize. Is that in pursuit of? Does that fit into this framework? I mean, these these frameworks can be helpful sometimes because they make us stop and think. Well, what about this thing that I've always done? Is that is that really? Well, I bet what most I people, be when
0: they make their moral decisions, and I think they're doing this with all sincerity and 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 want to do the right thing, but they've been formed to make decisions, moral ethical decisions, that fall into one or two categories. One is this going to. Um, 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 Hurt the least amount of people Mm -hmm. or to be the least offensive. Yeah. Does it make more people happy? Then it must be the right decision. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two is um, am I going to get caught or not? Is there a penalty or not? Mm -hmm. Do I, do I, I mean, this is a, I mean, do you speed on the highway um, when? Do you? Well, I mean, so the, do you? I mean, what, what's what do you do? I mean, take t- take this as an example, and this could be just an entry way to do other things. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to speed if no one's there working yeah. radar? Yeah. Um, and do we or do we drive the speed limit only when we know there is when Waze mm-hmm. tells us there is a, a police officer I, yeah. half a mile or down when the there's road. Car,
1: even cars around you? Maybe yeah. you realize okay, this is good when there's people around me, but when there's no one around me. Well,
0: and listen, and to, to be fair, speeding five miles over on the interstate is not the same thing yeah. as stealing or some other moral mm-hmm. thing. But I think the, the, the point is made, mm-hmm. is that if, if I'm not gonna get caught, and there's not a real Stop. penalty, yeah. who am I hurting? Right, and, and that, so that's how the, most of us think about it. Yeah, if no one's really hurt on this, then, then it's okay. All of that, though, does not take into account why am I, what am I made for? Mm-hmm. What is my moral end? And, and mm-hmm. what is human flourishing? And what is real freedom? And um, without that orientation, then it's chaos. And, yeah. and no wonder we're, we don't know what is right or we, we're afraid to have mm-hmm. any kind of dialogue as to what does it mean to be a human being and, and what is a moral life and a beautiful mm-hmm. life and an ethical life. And again, to go to, to flow from um, my what I tried to say on Sunday, in all twenty minutes of that sermon, is um, I reject out of hand the idea that a Christian moral life is boring and yeah, not fun. Yeah, I have a yeah, great time, yeah. a great time, and by We're great time, yeah, and I don't I, by great time I don't mean that all I do is sit here and you know read poetry and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean something. I mean no, I have a good time, mm-hmm. um, but is rooted in, in um, uh, or at least striving to be aligned to what God made me to enjoy, right, right. which is Him. And, um, and so I think we have to, you know, shed that baggage mm-hmm. that to make the right decisions, to, to be a moral person, to live and desire holiness doesn't, I think most people think that means that we are, we're judging everybody yeah. else. That's not what we're doing. You're sitting sit in
1: a dark room with a prayer book all day. Yeah, uh, no, no,
0: I mean, no, yeah. Well, I you know, you're,
1: Classes sound fascinating. I, I know we'll be um, excited to hear. What, what are some of the books you
0: have? To close us out,
1: let's 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 hear some well, of these so, books you're reading. I
0: mean, the, the, the main one was um, a Dominican, in moral theology, a, a Dominican name, um, Cesario. I don't know what his first name is. We just call him Cesario. Um, Romanos Cesario. That's a great Roman name. It's called Introduction to Moral Theology, and okay. it's, it's dense. Holy smokes, is it dense. Um, and that's the only textbook that we've done for moral okay. theology. And then the next term we're going to do Christos Yannaras, who is a um, Orthodox moral theologian. For liturgy, it's been, and, and I've got you've other got things as Radzinger, well. Radzinger, you've got yeah. Alexander Schmemann. Schmemann. Yeah, got
1: Romans and Eastern Orthodox yeah. and right then, next to
0: each other. And then um, you know the most interesting one that I read. I mean, there's here's an Orthodox um, medieval commentator, Nicholas. Uh, um, um, uh, I can't. Say. <laughs> Russian. Russian no it's Greek i can't remember it's a uh, kabassalis that's there what this what what, what syllable gets the right yeah. emphasis is what yeah. i was going for but the interesting one though actually is this and it's by um william durand um and it is it's really really fascinating he takes Every aspect of liturgy, the building, even the ringing of the bell, and yeah, he, he hyper spiritualizes yeah. it and gives a meaning to. I mean, I'm talking to the to the to the to the like the ringing of the bell, everything from the construction of the bell to the rope, you know, mm-hmm. what it means to the strokes of ringing it. It's, I mean, part of it is some of it's a bit over the top, mm-hmm. but a lot of it's actually very beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it brings to mind
1: you know like the classic Brother Lawrence thing, you know, washing the dishes, you yeah. find. The spirituality yeah. in that—you find God in the in the, the littlest things around you. Um, or who is it? Uh, Hopkins' poem that begins with "The world is infused with the grandeur of God." I mean, every
0: crack, every crevice has the grandeur of God available to you. I will I will end on this one line if I can find it quickly from um from I, I didn't read Ratzinger this time, but we did ring we did read this is a bu- um, book. Um, called The Spirit of the Liturgy Mm -hmm. that Ratzinger wrote, I think, in 2000, which is inspired by um, a work in around 1920 of the same Same name name. from Romano um, Gardini. And he was writing... um, It's really interesting to me to see what kind of flourishing of theology came out of the Great War when they realized um, they have to rethink a lot of things. And so, um, if I can find this really fast, he was talking about... um, what is required of a church member, and I've just found this really, really uh, moving uh, and powerful. When well, you look for that, I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna end with a, a little charge to so the people you know listening or watching. You don't have to go to Saint Stephen's House to learn about moral theology, but we all should at various times. Come to St. Timothy's, but you know, read the Bible, pray, and sit and and take stock of your day. I mean, think about every decision you made, maybe in the last five hours, and think about every little decision I'm making, what is that in pursuit of? I think for most of us it's instinct, it's it's our desires. And how do we in the littlest ways begin making those changes? You brought up the virtues earlier. Um, nobody saves courage for one big act later in your life. You practice it in small ways. And then, when, if you save when that, it, you won't be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, when that time comes, it's you're strong in it. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody, you know, says I'm going to run a marathon in two years, but I don't want to waste it right now. Yep, I don't want to waste my endurance. Yep. Build up to That's it. Not how that works. So you know, figure out the little ways to start building those virtues.
0: So this is this is um, on the fellowship of the liturgy. This is a beautiful. Um, it's a dense. It's a dense paragraph, but. Guardini says, the religious community, like every other, exacts two things from the individual. And I invite people to think about what it means to be a member of a parish. The first is a sacrifice, which consists in the renouncement by the individual of everything in him that exists merely for itself and excludes others, Mm. while and insofar as he is an active member of the community. He must lay aside and live with and for others sacrificing to the community a proportion of his self-sufficiency and independence. In the second place, he must produce something, and that something is the widened outlook resulting from his acceptance and assimilation of a more comprehensive scheme of life than his own, that of the community. Now,
1: we need to print that and put it on our front door of the church. That is dense,
0: but let's distill that's that good. in, is that to be a member of a community, we're recognizing there's something bigger than ourselves, mm-hmm. and to be a part of it, we have to actually sacrifice everything that's about us. Yeah. doesn't mean that we, we we get lost. No. But, but we, It means you're not an island Christian. We're not in isolation. Yeah. And I think I, I think where the church has gone wrong is online, everything online, completely. It's all, completely, you. Catered it's all to you. about you, and that doesn't work, mm-hmm. and it doesn't flow from the Spirit what this mean, mean, means to happen. And the second place is when you no longer isolate yourself, now you are producing something which is a vision that's bigger than your own. Yeah. And now it's what, what we were talking about. It's we're, we're viewing the world and choices and everything through the lens of, mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ, through the church and the church's witness. Mm-hmm. And if we start there as members of a parish with those two things, it will fundamentally begin to change mm-hmm. um, our understanding of what it means to, to belong long to and yeah. go to church. Wrap us up last night, uh, catechism
1: class. We are talking about the works of the Spirit. People. You know, We are talking about, what does the Spirit actually do for individual people? Because not everyone's called to be a ministerial priesthood. So I pulled up that passage from Exodus 31, um, where the Lord tells Moses, I've chosen these two craftsmen, I've given them my Spirit, and they're going to help build the temple beautifully. Um, and that's kind of the idea is, you know, we're all members of the body, this this church, this parish, and we all have something to produce. We all have something to a gift, a passion that can be used to glorify God, but it doesn't look the same for everyone. No. But until we, you know, shed the independence, it's all about me, we're not gonna be willing to produce something, to give something up for the sake of the community. But that's a great quote. We should paste that on our front door. Yep. You know, when you walk in the door, you're not your own, you belong to a community. Give and, something up and, and then, give then produce something, something. Yeah, that's good, that's good. Yeah. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all. Amen.